1: What's up, and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. Yes, you are hearing it correctly. This is episode sixty-nine. Nice. Nice. So I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. Uh, we are trying. Bear with us. We are trying out a new recording method to see how this works. There are already a couple complaints, but I'm sure it will be fine and it will go smoothly. And you will have a wonderful podcast experience. But this is also the platform that allows people to call in. So soon you will be able to uh, download this Podbean app on your mobile device. And we will be posting a link for the world. And the first 50 people will be able to call in for free and listen to the podcast live and type in messages and get a chance to talk and ask us questions. And it'll be awesome. But this is episode 69 of the Grindline Podcast. And Tyler and Ryan, how are you guys doing? My
2: doing because I feel like we're doing a disservice to episode 69 by being so disheveled right now.
1: Episode 69 is about trying new things, Ryan. You all
0: love that.
1: (laughs) Tyler, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. I finally got
0: my tickets, my plane tickets. I'm going to the Michigan Iowa game, which at this point is. Getting very frustrating to watch Michigan football, so I am very glad that regular season hockey is on the horizon, and I can't wait for the puck to drop for real.
1: Yes, I agree because these preseason games, I cannot stand the other announce, and I don't know if it's their regular announcers or their video crew, but uh, has uh, I have lovely, lovingly dubbed the Islanders broadcast crew Baldy and the hare. And I don't think there has been a single time where they have stopped talking, even through what would be a media break. It is a constant stream of consciousness out of the two of them. And I don't know how they breathe. I don't know. And I think someone mentioned, I think it's their radio crew. And I said, if it's it's their radio crew, I would throw my radio out the window onto I-75 because I cannot (laughs) listen to this. I can't listen to this. I've had to mute it because I just... I, I don't know how they do it. Literally, don't know how do they do it.
2: Is it really? Is it? Is that bad?
1: It's it's that bad. So the the preseason though, even though I hate the announcers, has been shaping up uh pretty decent. So we've got. I mean, they're not playing their top guys tonight. They're playing the Islanders, tied two two. Evgeny cough has a goal. But we're gonna kind of go through a little bit tonight on how how the prospects are looking so far, and how they're performing. So I think we're going to start by... Should we just start with who has the most points and how they're looking, or should we just go player by player of our our higher prospects? Yeah, just go player by player. We're going to start with Taro Hirose, because Taro Hirose most likely has a spot on this team. So in four games played, Taro Hirose has one goal and three assists. His shooting percentage is 20%, so that's pretty good. Two of his assists have come on the power play. Taro has looked how Taro looked at the end of last season. He's a good setup like guy. He's got, yeah, he's got, he's a good setup guy. He's got great awareness. He's all over the ice. He's high energy, even after playing back to back games and after the four games in, uh, training camp, but Taro is doing well for himself. So would you guys agree with me that he's pretty much a lock to make the team?
2: I think so. And I blast, will kind of alluded to that already a little bit. Um, didn't really say or give 100% that he was going to be there. However, to me, his play so far on the ice has kind of dictated that so far. And I don't think there's really any way you can say that he shouldn't be there. Like, you have to build a case out of nothing to say that he shouldn't be on the roster right now at this point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even with the partially because of his play at the end of last season. I mean, the what seven points in 10 games and he looked solid. Then Larkin kind of made the funny comment that uh, Taro didn't look like a hockey player. He said he looked like he'd never touched a weight in his life. Right. But, but Taro, I mean, he's fast. He sees the ice really well. I think that's one of the things is that he's got really good vision on the ice. So I, I don't see, like you said, I don't see a situation where Taro doesn't make the team, simply because he has the experience and that's how good he's looked. But Tyler, do you see anything that we don't see on Harosi?
0: No, I, I like Harosi a lot. You know, he's 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 a really good player. I like his game a lot. And, and the fact of the matter is he's producing. And producing, you know, gets you a spot on the team. It doesn't matter whether you're playing Peewees or Mites or Bantams or whatever, high school hockey or, or anywhere, even the National Hockey League. You know, if you produce, you, you, you there's a spot on the team for you. Um, and, and that's what Taro Hirose is doing right now. He's, he's producing, um, and, and he looks really good while doing it.
1: Like we said, we can't really say a bad thing about him. He maybe has had a couple missteps, but nothing too, I guess, nothing that sticks out in my mind, like, wow, he should have had that, or there's no way that he, he should have lost that puck or given it away there. I, I can't see any missteps to to that point. But we are going to move on to who kind of really lit it up recently and who I think is on the bubble to make the team, and that's Madison Bowie. So uh, before tonight, Madison Bowie had only played two preseason games, but he had three points. I mean, he had a goal, and I think it was two assists last night in Pittsburgh, uh, as well as having that game-winning overtime goal with a beautiful setup by Dylan Larkin. But Madison Bowie, I think is making a case to be a bubble player where if you have to pick between Bowie and Erickson, I think I'm picking Bowie every time. So I mean, he's showing an offensive insane, upside. Yeah, but he's showing an offensive upside that I'm not sure we saw really almost at all last year. And he's showing better defensive awareness, which he struggled with early when we acquired him, but, but kind of picked up toward the end. So what are you guys' thoughts on Bowie? Are, are, like I said, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing?
2: I think the biggest thing is when Holland made the trade, jettisoning, jettisoning, how do you say that?
1: J- jettisoning?
2: Getting rid of. Uh, Firing. Yeah, getting rid of Jensen. I mean, I, I think it. the intent with Bowie, he, he showed a lot of promise in Junior, ha, had a good showing in the AHL, and you knew that the offensive upside was there. And when you get rid of a guy like Jensen who played a similar style of game but didn't have the size that Bowie does – I think that's what you were hoping for. He was sluggish when the Wings first got him because, obviously, getting into a new system late in the year, it's going to be difficult. But I think for, and he made it very clear at the end of last season, that it was his goal to help make this team better. And I think with the summer he may have had, granted, it's preseason, I get it, the competition isn't necessarily greatest. However, the way he closed out the season and the way he's looked so far, I think that Is starting to kind of pay off in what Holland was looking for when he made this trade. And if he can continue to do something like that, he is going to solidify himself in the top six.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Madison Bowie, like yesterday, you know, he has the game-winning goal with a brilliant pass by Larkin. And, and like, he just – he looks good defensively. And if he can start bringing things to the table offensively, that's just going to tap some really untapped potential – that, that he had, he was a high pick, wasn't he? It was wasn't he close he was to the first or second? He was a I think first he was right pick, on the correct? bubble.
1: I think he was right on the bubble. Well,
0: and, and and that's the thing, you know, the the Caps expected big things from him. They didn't really get it, but they, at the end of the day, they want a Stanley Cup, so they really didn't need it. he was fifty third. Fifty third. Okay, so that's that's decently high, you know. That's a team using an asset uh, to 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 obtain him. Um, or to acquire him, I should that say. Bird range for the, the draft too. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just uh, it's good to see because a guy like him, if he can start bringing things to the table offensively, that's going to make him not a a seventh defenseman or a sixth defenseman. That might put him in the top four. Yeah. And, it, maybe eventually. What, I, I don't mean that right away. I don't mean that he's you know your yeah. fourth defenseman and or yes, your absolutely. third defenseman. But at some point, he has the size. It looks like he has the tools, and if he can shoot the puck like he shot the puck last night, I mean, the the, the sky is the limit. I'm not telling yeah, you I, he's a first defenseman or or you know even a two, but he, he could be a solid four.
1: I I mean I would agree. Once you get and I mean once we start moving people out of the lineup, once once DeKaiser slows down and becomes a a, a five six, maybe Bowie moves up. Maybe uh, we in two years, we end up Nemeth goes away and maybe Bowie moves into a role like that. Uh, But again, you've got you got to think Sider's coming in. uh, McIsaac is coming in. We just got some defense, other uh, defensemen in this last draft that could be promising. So you got to kind of balance it there. But I think the way Bowie is played was somewhat reserved until he kind of exploded last night. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But I think, like I said, Bowie, I think, could push out a person like Daly or could push out a person like Erickson to a 7-8-D because they did say they're going to carry eight defensemen this season. Oh, God. Yeah, which is kind of disappointing. But I want to back up a little bit. And can we just talk about yesterday's overtime and mm-hmm. what a, a goddamn magician Dylan Larkin is? By Captain
2: Material,
1: wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, almost like he said he wanted to be the difference maker and take over games. And in overtime, he literally shoved the puck past the other centerman, went around him, drove down the ice, and backhand drew two guys to him, backhanded it daily, and it was in. And that was probably one of the most beautiful hockey sequences, uh, a start to finish hockey sequence that I've ever seen. Let me tell you
0: something. Let me tell you something about that overtime. So I had two TVs going because Sunday is always, you know, big football day. The Pat's on one TV. And actually, I think it was the four o'clock games at that point. And there was a few games on whatever. And I told my friend Nick, I'm like, this game's going into overtime. I think all the, the NFL games are either out of reach or or they're pretty much over. So at that I put the Red Wings on just for the overtime. And I see. I see Valeno, I see Hironic, and I see—I believe it was Zadina—and I got a hard on. And my my buddy over there is like, "Are you all right?" And my buddy, my buddy's like, "Are you all right over there? What's going on?" Because he's not like the biggest hockey fan in the world. He's like. He's like, man, you love your wings, huh? I'm like, yeah, these are like the future. <laughs> and, and and he can just sense the excitement. And then not only that, but like they looked pretty good out there. Valeno had that unbelievable yeah. move in the game. I'm not exactly sure when that was in the game because, like I said, I didn't get to see all of it. But unbelievable. And then and then for Larkin to do that and, and to make that beautiful pass on the tape and then Bali deposits that in the back of the net, it's just like it can't get much better than that.
1: No. And then, I mean, that game too, that Penguins game was, was a good game. And to see what I saw out of that game in Anthony Mantha was like, my God.
2: Is it safe to say that he he is carrying on where he left off?
1: I think a hundred percent. The way he has improved, what looks to me, how he's improved his shot and how fast, Fast he gets it off now, and how fast that shot goes. I think if Anthony Mantha hits, and I mean, someone might have been exaggerating a little bit. They're like, Yeah, Mantha's going to get 40 plus this season. I, I said, I mean, sure, is it possible? Sure, it's possible for Mantha to get 40 plus goals this he season. Has,
2: if he keeps shooting like that, he will.
1: Yeah, but I think you're probably more in the 30 to 35-ish range, probably 35-ish range. But the thing is, if if Mantha has by all-star break, if Mantha has 25-ish goals, he may make it to the all-star game. And I'm putting Mantha in the hardest shot competition at this point because the freaking cannon that he was unleashing yesterday. And at this point, I can't say, okay, so Mantha is a sniper. We've seen it. Two what? Two games now in the preseason Mm. where he's picking he's picking his spot and he's hitting it. So and it's all bar down, and that's what you want bar down, right? Get pucks in deep, get pucks in net, right?
2: It's just incredible, and he does it with like it's like it's nothing to him.
1: Exactly, like he he got the puck, uh, defenders coming at him, he sidesteps him, lines it up, releases a slap shot, and it's in the net. It's nuts. Mm And if Mantha can keep doing that all season, like I said, this is his this is Mantha's make or break of the year. This is could be his breakout season where he could become a an 80 point player. So we'll see how it how it shakes itself out. But Mantha's start has been pretty promising. But we're going to go back to uh, prospects and we're going to talk about who Tyler talked about a little bit, which is Joe Valeno. So Joe Valeno has played three preseason games. He's in tonight's game. He has two assists, two points in three games, but he was on the ice. What I noticed tonight is in in all his games have been pretty much good, but he was on the ice tonight and he was in front of the net and the guy he was in front of in each sequence is the one who scored the goal. So, a little lapse defensively maybe for Valeno tonight, but Valeno did look really good during the Penguins. He kind of took over his line. He made he made a beautiful uh, deke between the legs out of the way to try to drive the net, and he's gotten some good looks. He just hasn't put a puck in the net yet. But Valeno, I think overall, he's another one that's on the bubble. Um, to, to I want to say on the bubble to make the roster, but we all know there's not a lot of spots open. But I think Should he be. would be the first – he would be the first one that I think if there was a major injury could come up and, and play center no problem.
2: I, I yeah. agree.
1: I mean
2: 100%. And I was, I was talking to a buddy at work today about this. You can't tell me right now that he doesn't provide more than the – a, a couple other centers that are currently on this roster that you know are going to make the roster. Namely yeah. – I mean, if
1: looking at, Granted yeah, what's going
2: to be more wing, yeah, First for N and Jacob De La Rose, those are the three well, guys ahead of him, essentially, in my opinion, that he has to outplay. That I think he can fill. Now I know it's not going to be a fourth line role. That would not be the intent at all. No, but I think he should be on this roster ahead of those guys, rotating kind of like Larkin did between third and second line. You could you could be, you could protect him on the third line some games with Franz nielsen as the center or Phil below whoever they're going to be going back in two between two and three rotate those guys at center give Valino like 60 70 percent of the draws while still letting him get quality competition I, I I really think he should be there I'm more convinced now based off his preseason showing so far that he is he deserves to be on this roster as much as that it would be better probably to be in grand Rapids so we don't burn a year of his ELC, essentially. But I am not convinced that there are guys that are going to be on this roster
0: that are better than him.
1: So you're in camp, play Valeno this year?
0: 100%.
1: Yeah, me too. Tyler?
0: I I second that. And the only reason I say that is because the AHL, yes – it, it. I mean, if you're going to play him at center, I guess play him in the AHL. If you're going to play him on the wing or, or, or like Ryan said, kind of alternate him a little bit, what, get, give him some draws, get, get him some competition against NHL centermen and see if he can win some draws. And then, you know, if he feels a little bit comfortable there, then and throw him out there a few shifts on, on center. I don't see the problem with that playing in the AHL while you may get some experience and and it's a lot harder than a lot. People may think it's not the old wild West anymore where, you know, it was a bunch of goons in the AHL. There's some quality talent in the AHL, some former NHL players and, and that kind of thing. And yes, you can gain experience. I just don't know if you can gain experience at the AHL level, like you can at the NHL level. And that may sound like an obvious statement, and and by the way, I don't think it is. And the reason I say that is because there there's been guys in the NHL like like Philip Hironic, for example, last year. He was pretty much in the NHL. Uh, when when did he come up? He he started with the team, did he not? Or did last he?
1: Year. No, he didn't. Chalowski started with the team. Okay,
0: and then he started to struggle. And for whatever reason, coach didn't like what he was doing on his birthday. Took him out, and and that was it. You didn't see him again. Now, I don't think you're going to see that with Valeno, but I mean, what Chalosky got for experience in that first three or four months or whatever it was, you you can't get that at the AHL level. And that's kind of the point I'm trying to make.
1: I agree. Um, So, I mean, it's still, again, it's still hard though, right? To get someone into the lineup and have them play consistently and have them play big minutes every night, rather than put them down in Grand Rapids, where you know they're going to get top line minutes, where you know they're going to be playing with the people that are going to play, they're going to play with in the future, and where you're not going to burn a year of their entry level contract.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a good point, and, and and I mean you can you can see it out of out of both both sides, you know, the situation. I, I just feel like if you're trying to build a team that's going to be sustainable, that's going to be successful, that's going to have cornerstone pieces, and you think Valeno – is that cornerstone piece, um, you know, or one of those cornerstone pieces, why not give him a shot in the NHL? And guess what? If he doesn't do that well, sure, it, it may kill his confidence just a little bit. You can send him back down, and he can just understand that, you know what? Actually, you know something? You can just have him play, the, play those eight games. And if he doesn't do well, then you send him down. You don't burn anything.
1: Yeah, that's my other thing is I wonder if if Stevie's going to do a 9 game tryout at the beginning of the season for any of the guys. Like honestly, I and we'll talk about our next prospect Mo Cider. I might play Cider the first 9 games of the season and see what happens because out of let's see. Mo Cider has played in 3 games and has one assist, but from what i've seen cider is 100% nhl ready 100% i'd go I, have, I have maybe seen him make two mistakes and i wouldn't even say mistakes really he maybe one, has had one giveaway that was kind of obvious
2: one giveaway but, that led to a goal
1: okay but that on
0: really
1: the bad. on the flip side he has done more than probably any other defensive Red Wings prospect I've ever seen. He has so much poise with the puck. He's so calm. No, he could have eight guys. He could have eight Matt Martins rushing at him, and okay. and he's just there's a <laughs> he's not going to react. And I mean, it's it's incredible to watch the kid play because it looks like he's a ten year vet. It's insane how Mo Sider plays. Now, I know he's going to be in Grand Rapids this season. I'm not fooling myself by saying he's going to make the roster this year. But I think if you're going to give anyone an early 10-game look, you're giving Mosider Sider an early 10-game look or a 9-game look.
2: I would agree with that because this is another – I mean, me and my buddy were talking hockey for part of the morning. So you, again, like Valino, cannot convince me that – Trevor Daly and Jonathan Erickson are better than what most cider could pro- likely provide you.
1: I mean, yeah. even Dennis Chalowski at this and in Chalowski look great.
2: Yeah. I would say Chalowski has been a little bit better in regards to the defensive end. You can tell. That I Cider Mo- hasn't necessarily expected guys to be where they were in regards to stealing passes. Like the rust goal, or the rust assist on the, the, the Pittsburgh goal the other night was just one of those, yes, it's ha- it does happen to NHL guys, it happened to the Wings before, where he just made a great deceptive play and stole the puck behind the net and set up a goal right in front with no, nobody to stop it. But him and Chalowski, to me, him, Chalowski, and Bally should be your five, six, seven.
1: I mean, okay, but there's the big but of just they're not going to play... Uh, basically, entire rookie core minus DeKaiser and Nemeth. There's are no, just trying last year.
2: Green's healthy. Yeah, I just,
1: I, is, how healthy?
2: He looked fine the other night.
1: Okay, so you're going to play Nemeth, DeKaiser, Green, uh, Chalowski, Huronic, Cider, Bowie, Kasky. Because Kasky we haven't talked about yet, and Kasky has also looked good. He's calm so, too.
0: It's unbelievable how
1: calm he is with the puck. Yeah. And they even mentioned it on the broadcast. They said, man, Oliver Kasky, like he, he gave away the puck. Sure. But then what do you do? He rushed back in, grabbed it and controls it. It's, he is very, he's another one. Like cider is calm. Kasky is calm. You're going to have a poised group of people. But I mean, as far as cider goes, I don't see, like I said, it, in my mind right now, Chelowski's not taking a job from Cider. Erickson, sure as shit's not taking a job from Cider. Like, there's just have. he he will, due to circumstance, because you're not. I don't think they they would be comfortable, and it's not just they would be comfortable. I don't think they think it's beneficial to them, to Cider, to play his first season top D minutes. So I I don't know. I think it, to me it's up in the air on that, but I don't I don't think Cider's gonna make it. But if there's anyone that deserves to make the team that is that has shown he is NHL capable, it's Cider.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I could yeah. See, since apparently there's a lingering issue with um Erickson again, so I think that it this, said he
1: sucks. Is that the lingering issue?
2: I mean the obvious, yes. <laughs> But I think if he is actually hurt, as it sounds, then it opens that potential and possibility back up like it did for Cholowski last year. So it'll be it's going to be very interesting. And a lot can happen the rest of this week because they have tomorrow off and then they don't have a night off until the preseason's over. They have games Tuesday through Saturday You know they're going to be rotating the roster. They'll probably do a couple guys back-to-back to see how they take that early on in the year. So it's, I want to say the guys we have faith in are going to make it and do what we think and beat the incredible odds that are out there. But I'm just not convinced that they will actually do that with the roster.
1: You have read the three prominent predicting the opening night roster articles, right?
2: Oh, sure have.
1: Yeah, the Athletic basically bloody... says you're not seeing any. Yeah. <laughs> well, no one should. They're all very disappointing. The Athletic says you're not seeing anyone new. The uh, hockey writers say you're not seeing anyone new. And Freep says you're not seeing anyone new. Now, I would expect that from Free Press. I almost expect that from Hockey Writers because they copied almost the exact lineup from Free Press but swapped uh, lines between Nielsen and Philpola. But if anyone I held out hope and for giving us a shakeup, it was Max. That's and when Max, stuff. and then when Max basically showed, there's no new guys in the lineup because of the the roster jam and the contracts we have signed, and we picked up Ernie and we picked up Nemeth and we picked up Below, There's no room. That kind of burst my preseason bubble with watching some of these guys play. Uh, I'll tell you one thing though. Grand Rapids is going to have a hell of a team if they're all in Grand Rapids. That's so, a statement. yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just, you look at it and we can come up with all these dream scenarios of who makes it and who beats the odds. But I mean, honestly, uh, our most hopeful writer in max doesn't even think anyone's going to beat the odds. So we'll no. see. Oh. <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> Ryan's frustrated.
2: Yeah, I'm watching the preseason game right now in OT, uh, but I just so and just like completely lose himself and lose the puck and turn it over that led to a breakaway the other way. Yeah,
1: and yeah, I saw like, that too.
2: Like stuff like that is why I feel Valino is a much better option
1: than Christopher. And well, yeah, Valino is clearly a better player than Christopher. And now it's a three on one. Good lord. Um, but I my I think we're going to, I mean, we got a couple more prospects to cover, so I'm not going to linger too much on how bad, uh, how, or how sad the opening lineup's going to be, but let's talk about, uh, we're gonna talk about a couple more. So Oliver Caskey is another one who we talked a little bit about and how poised he is, but another guy who looks pretty, and I'm going to say looks pretty good, but there are clearly some areas he needs to work on is Michael Rasmussen. So yes. m- yeah, Michael Rasmussen in a, has actually played quite a bit. He has four games, has a goal. He's got another goal tonight, so he's got two points in five. That's five games. Two points in five games. Now, the area that I notice that Michael Rasmussen really needs to work on is standing up on his skates. Yeah. Uh, he gets knocked over God. so often, and I think it's because, I mean, he's a big guy and he's tall. So his center of gravity is slightly higher and he just, it seems like the slightest breeze could knock him over, (laughs) which, which if all he, and if he's going to take his position that they want him to take and be a net front guy, he's fine planted, I think in net front, but it's when he tries to go to the corners is when he just, it's, you two finger, you could push him over. Yep. So other than that, I mean, Rasmussen looks like he's improved on his net front play. He's scored a couple goals in front of the net. Like he's supposed to do, but it's just, man, it's he balance. needs to work yeah. on balance. Like get him on one of them skateboards on top of a, a, a cylinder and let him do drills like that. Cause <laughs> I mean, I feel like a kindergartner could push him over.
2: He needs to work on those hip thrusts.
1: So oh, I don't yeah, know. Howard. I don't know what I don't know what he can do. But other than other than that one thing, Rasmussen looks bigger. He looks stronger. He he looks like he's worked quite a bit on his game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If if he just stays on his feet, I it will it would completely transform half the possessions that he has had with the puck.
1: Yeah, the he's, he's not ball, again. He's I not think. making. Uh, now let say about about uh, Rasmussen is that he's not. He's going to go to Grand Rapids this year. There's too too many people. He's going to go to Grand Rapids and work on his balance because there's too many people that are, uh, even though he's doing well, they're outperforming him. So that's just the, that's just the way that's going to be. And then I think, and if I'm not mistaken, there's no other really big name prospects on the list. I can say Philip Larson looked great. Uh, he let in one goal. I mean, I can I can chalk that up to rookie nervous first game jitters. But past that one goal he let in, he was pretty lights out. And that was really, really good to see from the guy who's going to be replacing Jimmy Howard either next season or the season after. Mm-hmm. So that was really good to see. But I think we're going to talk a little bit about Evgeny Shvetchnikov. Now we talked about Svechnikov on the last podcast quite a bit and we kind of were saying, well, it's the first preseason game. He's got to prove that he's worth it. He could end up being a bust. Now I'll say that Svech has looked, I mean, he's shown some good hockey IQ. He has gone in and tried to get, he's shooting the puck, trying to get scoring chances he scored a goal tonight, which I says because he kept pushing, which is what he needs to do. So in three games, he has an assist and a goal. So I'll take two points in three games out of a guy who's literally not played hockey in a year.
0: I totally yeah. agree with that.
2: I, I think he's looked strong in the puck at both ends of the ice, and that's kind of what you would hope for on a, someone that's coming back from a serious injury. So while I love it, I'm not sure, like we already talked about, that it's going to be what will be enough to get him on this roster because of what's there, and that is the frustrating part. Will he beat the, – because the biggest question for him is, is he going to provide more – like his competition is going to be essentially Hiroshi and Darren Helm and maybe Dale Rose.
1: Oh, his other competition is going to be who we haven't talked about, which, because they're playing Svech on the wing right now, is going to be Philip Zadina. And Zadina, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, though, for not playing hockey in a year, Svech has looked good. Yes. Yeah, I
0: I agree with that. He, he, He looks like a lot, and this is for lack of a better term, but he looks a lot more dangerous out on the ice. He looks like... Like he's not afraid to get his nose dirty, and it doesn't look like he's not a hundred percent. You can kind of tell he's a little gun shy to go in the corners, but when he does, it, it feels like every more every moment. I can't speak for that. words. Use your words. <laughs> every moment, moment he looks a little. Every moment he looks a little, <laughs> little bit more comfortable out there, and I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I would say that would be the the biggest takeaway I have from from Shvetlakov.
1: Yeah, Svechnikov. Yeah, I think you're right. He he looks comfortable, uh, comfortable enough to go out there and maybe break his leg again. But he looks comfortable, oh, God. and and you're right about going to the corners. It's a little, a bit of a sore subject for him because you know it almost uh, ended his. I mean, it's ended his season twice. So I think with Svech, he'll he'll end up making the team. I think it's just it's not going to be at the beginning of the season because I would like to get him a quarter of a season in Grand Rapids to to get used to it, a half a season in Grand Rapids to get back into full on hockey mode. But Specht's look good. So what I forgot about and I don't know how was Philip Zadina who does not yet have a goal. So in 4 games Philip Zadina has an assist. I th- and I tweeted it out the other night. I f- almost feel bad for him. Because it's like when he's out there trying to do stuff. Like last night, he was, had a two-on-one with Christopher N. To where if he got the puck, there's no way he wasn't scoring. But N whiffed on the pass or got the pass blocked. It's like peop- Zadina goes out there with guys, and they just they don't give him the puck. They don't. He finds an open area, is open the slot. He's tapping his stick. They pass the other way. So I don't know what he's going to do because Blash even said he he told Phil you got you can't in the NHL it's so much harder to create your own opportunities. You have to work on finding an open spot on the ice, finding a lane, moving around, picking your position and being open for when the puck comes to you. It's just people are not feeding him the puck. And I, I feel bad for him. But I think again, he's shown enough of another side of the game that not many people were confident that he had in his playmaking ability and his defensive ability and his puck awareness.
2: Mm hmm. He's definitely looked more at home this preseason. And really, if you look back into what he had in Detroit in that nine game trial, he kind of picked up where he left off and that. He looks like he's ready to do something great, but then just goes one or two steps too far. And then it's gone
1: like he gets too excited.
2: Yep. And that happened just more nervous time period tonight. He had he had a great little possession where he got the puck deep in their own end. He rushed it up the near side boards, came all the way down, went past. He stopped it and break broke it broke it off right above the faceoff dot. Then he cut back down and was starting to drive behind the net. But then as soon as the guy got pressure onto him, he kind of panicked, went down and then lost the puck and they had a rush going back the other way. Like that's the one thing that he he I've noticed he's still doing a little bit too much that it's kind of putting him in that weird position of he's doing so many great things, but then there's this and that's kind of what's, I think set holding him back from doing what he needs to do. He wants to do it or He's so, he's so about trying to get that shot or attempt on net or make a play happen that rather than, I guess for lack of better words, relaxing and just letting things happen, he's trying to force it up upon himself to do something to make the coaching staff notice that things are happening out there for him.
0: I'll tell you who he reminds me of. And you guys aren't going to like this comparison. And I'm not saying that this is the type of player he's going to be or the type of player that he was drafted to be. But he reminds me of Tomas Yurko when Yurko got rushed to the NHL. And he just, he was trying to do too many things. He'd get a breakaway and stumble and like, just like that kind of thing, trying to do way too much. And I feel like Zadina, while we thought he may have been a lock, I don't know if he's a lock. I think he's the type of guy that would benefit from going to the AHL and, and, and kind of, you know, playing out the string in the AHL and seeing if he can become the next guy. Because, you know, something? I think Valeno might have passed him. Possibly. And I'm not saying that – I'm not telling you – I'm not going to be the one to tell you that I think he's going to be a bust. I just think that he might take a little bit longer than a lot of people thought initially. I think Valeno's been better when it comes to pressure plays inside the offensive zone. Well, exactly. And Valeno looks, I think, a little bit more relaxed when it comes to yeah. just just playing hockey in general. You know, he's not trying to do way too much. I mean, although that, that move he had was was sick. Um, the the backhand like through the legs that was sick. So I mean, while he's doing stuff like that, Zadina is trying to do way too much, and, and either losing the puck or shooting the puck wide. I just feel like Zadina's just gotta let his defense create his offense. Now I know he's not going to be the greatest defensive player of all time, but let play some good responsible defense in your own zone. Let your offense speak for itself because when he gets a scoring opportunity, he's going to score. He, he's that kind of guy. He's a goal scorer. So, and he's going to have to round out his game in general. So I think going to the AHL is not going to be the worst thing for him.
1: See, my, my side of it is, I think that Zadina, he's shown enough. And, and I, I know there's more pressure on him than anyone else because he was supposed to go number three overall and he fell to six and he's putting so much pressure on himself to try to score, to try to make opportunities for himself, to show the coaching staff he's got what it takes. And I think if he calmed down like 10%, he he could flourish in the preseason. And he showed a little bit of that today. Today he was, I mean, I think he was much more responsible with the puck. i He had a couple opportunities. I think they should have put him and Svechnikov out there on the same line because it's, it's almost like Zadina's like, maybe I should shoot the puck. So every time he got the puck anywhere near the net, he was taking a shot. So I think that's kind of what we need to see from him is more of how he played tonight, less of how he played the past few games because he shows that he gets it. He knows how to play hockey. We've seen him play hockey and and he can be brilliant, when he's thinking, but not overthinking. And I think what he's doing a lot of now is overthinking because he just so desperately wants to make this team Mm -hmm. and play with guys. He even said that he needs to play with guys that can set him up and with good skilled uh, center and a good skilled other wing for him that he just didn't have in Grand Rapids. But on the flip side to that, if he's in Grand Rapids again and Valeno's in Grand Rapids and um, Svechnikov starts in Grand Rapids. I mean, if you've got a line of Zadina, Svechnikov, and and Valeno, I mean, that's going to be kind of a hard line to beat, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's why I I would not be 100%. I wouldn't be, like, totally upset that neither of those guys were in Detroit because those, if that is a line in Grand Rapids, that – turns it up for at least a year that turns into a line in detroit and my god if that if you throw that as your second line next season Mm -hmm. wow
1: yeah i mean i it's just i I feel like zadina he could elevate his game so much even in the preseason if he just calmed down a little bit
2: yeah and to that point If that – if he does go to Grand Rapids, which it kind of seems more likely than not, um, if he is with Valeno and Svetch – is it Valeno or Valeno?
1: Joe, I call it Valeno. There have been people that call it Valeno. I don't know. People keep calling – all the other broadcasters call Michael Rasmussen, uh, Michael Rasmussen, and it's really confusing (laughs) to me. But I have been calling him Joe Valeno because it looks like Valeno. Right, so like but, Vil like Villy Leno.
2: No, there you go. That's a nice old school reference. <laughs> but uh it's not the end of the world if he goes back down, and we, the top line is what we just we, we just mentioned. Because yeah. there's chemistry built. Those all three of those guys have talent. Now it's a little bit more dis- disappointing because Fetch is what 23, 24 years old now. So you would no? Uh,
1: is he that old? I don't think he's
2: that old. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that Svech is older.
1: Uh, Evgeny Svechnikov is 22.
2: So 22. My His
1: birthday is old. on Halloween.
2: So he'll be 23. So you would prefer that he would be in Detroit, but the knee issue set him back a year. and injuries in general, it really set him back almost two years. So yep. a solid year. To rebuild confidence and that scoring and power forward touch with a pure scorer like Valeno, or pure scorer like Zadina, and a pure forward and centerman like Valeno.
1: Yeah. That's really all you
2: can ask for. Would I prefer all three of them to be in Detroit? 100%. But that's, I just don't don't think it's going to happen.
0: There's no path um, for
1: it to happen.
0: It's just no. unrealistic to think for that. And, and and the real thing is, it's like it would be lucky if we get one of those guys on opening night.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. It, it, would be,
0: it would be unbelievable if we got to see one of those guys on opening night. Now, now, the defenseman, we talked about the defenseman earlier. I think you're more likely to see a young defenseman. Um, I, I don't know if you'll see Kasky or, or if you'll see Sider, but you might see one of them.
1: You could. Yeah. Like I said, if they gave Cider his nine games at the beginning of the season, just to see what he's got. I mean, I'd welcome it. I'd literally welcome any rookie getting their nine games at the beginning of the season because we're not going to need them down the stretch. It's not going to matter. We're not making the playoffs. We're not a bubble team. It's it would just be nice to see a different, I guess, take on how how Iserman wants to see kids So, I mean, I would say if Iserman likes what he sees from from uh, Zadina or likes what he sees from Valeno or likes what he sees. And I mean, not Zadina because he already took his nine games, likes what he sees from Valeno and likes what he sees from Sider to play them nine games at the beginning of the season, just to keep that momentum going and to see how they build on it, I think would be good. I don't. I don't see why not, or at least maybe maybe get three games out of them or four games out of them and then send them down and bring them up later in the year for the other five or whatever. It's splitting it up, you don't have to play them all nine in a row. But I would like to see maybe a couple guys out of the gate if Abby's injury reaggravates itself or mm-hmm. or Erickson or Daly are actually injured to start the season. I'd like to see someone get a chance out of the gate to kind of just get a taste of what the beginning of an actual NHL season is like against other players, uh, other top line players or other vets that have been in the league for a while.
2: I would almost prefer right? had to get his taste right out the gate like that than later in the season. Yep. Because everyone's going to be fresh coming at it hard and. You'll see how he can truly react
0: right out the gate. See, I feel like Zadina, if he makes the team out of, out of the gate, he's going to be here all year long. If, if well, if he, he does, makes
1: the team makes out of the impact. gate and makes an impact. The,
0: the, the, but, and, and so but here's the thing with that. It's like you're not going to bring him up, have him make the team, do basically what you did to him last year, except he didn't make the team. And then, you know, he kind of sulked a little bit down in GR, and then he finally got his bearings and started playing well. You're not going to bring the kid up, have him make the team, and then send him down after eight games. It's not going to happen. He's either going to make the team out of camp and, and be on the team, or, or you'll see him the last eight games of the no, year like you did last it year. Could,
1: it could totally happen. You could tell him, listen, this is your tryout. If you just freaking kill it, then we're going to find a spot for you on this team. But if you, if you don't, if you keep doing what you're doing, and, and we think you need to develop still, you're going to go back to Grand Rapids. You just need to be okay with that. There's just no... Okay. I mean, you're not going to be like, oh, you're here and you you got a spot and you're doing a tryout and you're just going to stick with the team. That's not how – I mean, that's not how Iserman operates at all.
0: No, and I understand that. I'm just saying you don't want to kill his confidence. The Wings did that, and, and I know it's a different regime, and I'm going to bring up the same name I just brought up. The Wings did that with Yurko, and that screwed Yurko. I thought Yurko was going to be a really decent player, and no. they screwed him.
1: I think with Yurko, they didn't – I don't think they – hurt yurko uh i think i mean they could to a point but yurko never showed at the nhl level that he had a ton of what they thought he had so
0: and he, and he still hasn't in other teams
1: no he hasn't. yeah and, and, he's and, in the and, ahl still you
0: know part of that's on him and and i'm just saying like th- there was a lot of potential there with yurko and i'm not saying zadina is going to be that same kind of player i think zadina could be a Closer to a, you know, a very impacted goal scorer in this league and maybe even a playmaker if he continues to get better at that. But I feel like killing a kid's confidence like that, that has a ton of confidence, you know, the filling the goals and that kind of thing, that confidence can evaporate very quickly.
1: You're confusing confidence and swagger. Those are two completely different things. Philip Zadina is the king of quotes. That doesn't mean he's confident because on the ice right now, he doesn't look super confident. He's overdoing things. If he was super confident, he would be playing his normal game, not feeling any pressure, nothing like that. So you're, con- I think you're confusing confidence with attitude, which are two completely different
0: things. I guess that kind of makes sense. And, and like like I said, I mean, I, I, I think the world of the kid, I still think the kid could be a huge cornerstone of the team for years to come. It's just a matter of getting the ball rolling and just having it go his way.
1: Exactly. But I think we're going to, I'm going to wrap up tonight by saying that no matter who makes it on opening night and no matter like who makes it throughout the year, I think the future of this team is much better off than we thought it was. I agree. We, We ended last season like completely hopeless and we've come into this season with these, what have we played five preseason games or four preseason games. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I mean, we're seeing these kids who have never touched NHL ice just perform. A lot of them perform just spectacularly. And it's pretty like refreshing to see like, Oh, Hey, Iserman made some good choices. And Hey, when Holland was on his way out, he made some good choices. So it, I think in, we're, we could still be contending for a playoff spot for the next, I mean, we're not contending this season, but the next couple seasons we could contend for a spot, but I think we're back in the playoffs and, and if they keep their development path, maybe the year after next, we're back in the playoffs and we're maybe hitting contention in five years.
0: Yeah. I think it could be even sooner than that. If you get guys like Kasky. I, I mean, it, it really, if you look at teams, team building is is one of the more interesting things that there is in in sports. And, like, every team is built differently. And if you hit on, you know, draft picks, obviously that's important. But then hitting on free, agency, free agents and, and getting guys to come over from overseas, like, that's important too. You know, just one impact player from overseas can, can shift the whole thing around.
1: Yeah, but I think our big thing is and why I say we're in contention in five years is you've got to wait at least three to move someone like Nielsen or to move someone like Abdelkader. And those mm-hmm. are two of the bigger blocks. So once you can get rid of those blocks, then you're you're probably in, in Stanley Cup contention talks in five, six seasons. But I think we're back in the playoffs in, in two not, we're not in the playoffs this season there's no way we could no. challenge for a wild card maybe in, in next season and then we're we're in it and we're building up and we're bringing in Zadine and we're bringing in Valeno and we're bringing in Cider and McIsaac and Chalowski's got a full-time spot we've gotten rid of a lot of uh, gotten rid of a lot of the bulk and and it's going to form back up into a team that's actually good and then you start making your your free agent acquisitions and your trades to just get those last few pieces so i think that's that's where we're headed but i want to get your guys' final thoughts before we sign off and i'll start with ryan
2: uh final thoughts for me are pretty straightforward the preseason has been fun to watch i mean the young guys are showing promise i think there's a little bit of surprise and how well maybe guys like Cider have done though we partly weren't maybe 100% surprised by that because of how the mild background that we knew and how he had looked so far through camp and everything else but it's something I think we hit on almost every single time is that the future is bright and that there's a lot of hope that as long as the development goes the way that it should to your point, Greg, in three to five years, is that this team could be contending? Is it maybe pre- a little bit premature, possibly? But
1: five to six—they're contending in five to six.
2: That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: it's, but that's down from my eight to ten, right?
2: No, you were you were at five to six
1: before. or seven.
2: I think you were five to seven originally. I was saying three to five. I think so if that's the case in three years, this team is pushing for a playoff spot. I'm ecstatic. So, and then my final little point that I'll make is that it was absolutely fantastic to get yelled at by Casey Sezekis at the game (laughs) the other night. (laughs) I don't even know what he said because I didn't realize he was actually yelling at me because I called Matt Martin a bitch for his, him attempting to fight, um, Adam Ernie after Ernie low balled him when he tried to try to take his ass out. So he gave him the bridge.
1: And it didn't. uh, Yeah, which is
2: great. Martin bitched about it for a solid five minutes. The ref told him to get the fuck back on the bench, and it was the best thing ever. Sitting that close behind the bench is fantastic. So if you haven't done it, I highly suggest it because you can yell at players. I had the usher tell me to be quiet. With he did he he did the finger over the mouth of hey shut your mouth. (laughs) Um, And then Sazikis yelled at me. I didn't hear what he said. And then he just stared at me after I said who me? He's like yeah you. I was like, you should probably pay attention to the fucking ice. And then he turned around and skated away.
1: So that Let's was my experience. Twitter.
2: Twitter handle. handle is already Ryan 33. And you're welcome
0: for story time.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I'll just second what Ryan said. I said this a while. I, I said this, I think at the draft, you know, you start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and in and, and the next, um, you know, watching some of these games and watching some of the preseason games and, and like I said, in the World Juniors, you'll start seeing some of our prospects and it'll make those tournaments must watch TV. And it's just it's good to see that we're not going to be a laughing stock for that much longer. I actually think we're more of a respectable team uh, than we were about three or four years ago. I'd rather be where we are now than be a team that thinks they're good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And they're barely a team good enough to make the Stanley cup playoffs. And I feel like we're in a much better spot now than we were at, at that point in time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at seal 91.
1: You sounded like you were going to say something else. After that. <laughs> yeah, I
0: guess I, I guess uh, I did.
1: <laughs> yeah. I already gave my final thoughts. It's just the, the future is bright with these prospects and it's just, it's great to see them play like they're playing and to see that we've got talent, uh, lined up whether that talent comes in this season or next season to me it doesn't matter because they'll be coming in eventually so you can follow me online at bringing the wing where i normally am though is online at grindline pod you can find our podcast anywhere from iTunes to Spotify iHeartRadio, radio radio.com tune in uh, we're literally everywhere here on podbean live for some people so uh, you can also go check out our merch shop. Go to redbubble.com people the grind line where all of our T-shirts and hoodies and stuff are a little over 10% off currently. Ooh. And you can also go to Howie's Hockey and use the promo code grind line to get 10% off of your online order when you're ordering all of your hockey needs from Howie's Hockey Tape. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy hockey town.